0: the apostles creed so if you would in your bulletin or up here on the screen or even by memory if you haven't memorized if you would say this along with me and caleb if you could start coming up um, as we say this i believe in god the father almighty maker of heaven and earth i believe in jesus christ his only son our lord who was conceived by the holy spirit and born of the virgin mary the life everlasting. Oh, Amen. Caleb, I'm going to grab the pulpit for you, brother. I know you probably won't use it, but...
1: Are we on? Yes. We didn't test
0: it before. Yeah.
1: You set it right,
0: right there. Nice. My guess is that you're going to be behind this maybe 2% of the time. That we'll you're do gonna it be- right now. Let's <laughs> start right now. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Josh. Um, so I'm,
1: I'm Caleb, and... Um, uh, I am not our, our main teaching pastor. We have the privilege of having Pastor Josh who, if if you, this is your first time here, you need to come back for Pastor Josh. One of the coolest things about like things like that pamphlet and whatnot in the back is you can grab Pastor Josh who knows like all of the, he's like one of the most insightful people I've ever met, which is really what probably drew my wife and I here so much is having guys like Pastor Josh and Pastor Brian um, who we could just learn from all the time. So um, grow in your faith via, via Pastor Josh when you get the chance. So I'm super excited to be here with you. Uh, I thought our first thought, just kind of as we get going, um, we we oftentimes forget, but if after service you would like someone to pray for you, feel free to grab either myself or Pastor Josh. I think I saw Brad or saw Doug back there. I think I saw Nathaniel, he's probably with the kids, but, uh, and then we have, Uh, other deacons who are around, but grab people to pray for you. Um, The elder guys, I just pick on you guys. Can you raise your hands just for a sec? So if you want someone to pray for you after, grab one of those guys, and we would love to. That's something we talk about and just keep forgetting to let you know that we're there for you. Um, So let me pray just real quick, and then I'll jump in. Lord, I just thank you for the chance to be here. I thank you for my church family. Uh, I thank you how you died for us, and you are changing us. Uh, through the power of your spirit. Pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. So there's a book my brother got for me um, called Confessions of St. Augustine. He has this quote in there where he says, Expand the chambers of my heart that thou might dwell in it. It is ruinous. I know and confess it. And that is a lot of what we're going to look at today. We're going to look at the great sermon, the big sermon by Jesus, at least one third of it. And it's just a really wonderful, it's a powerful talk that Christ gives. And in the midst of that, we start to see that there's this tendency... Um, For myself, maybe the Pharisees, scribes, probably you too, to love rules, to love like the law and to live by the law and to do that well. And it's like it feels like you're doing really well when you're living by these things, but the reality becomes that we start living by what we cannot do, not the freedom of Christ and the freedom of the Holy Spirit, the freedom that allows the fruits of the spirits to start to grow and bloom in our lives, to have more love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, self-control. All of these things that are growing out of the work of God in our lives because we're connected to the vine of Christ and we're growing and becoming more vibrant as a church and as a people and we're bringing Christ to the world uh, as we ought to. So um, as Christ goes through this, he's going to refer to the law and the prophets. So the law and the prophets, so we don't sadly have time, and I don't I don't know them all, we don't have time to go through the hundreds of laws, but we can think about 10 of them. So to get us rolling, what I'd like you to do is turn to your spouse or buddy or person behind you, and in about 45 seconds, as many of the ten commandments as you can get, no cheating, just what's on your, what you can put together, all right? About 45 seconds, go. 10-second countdown. And that is time. All right. So Christ is going to be talking about the law today in his great sermon, this sermon. And... Within that, so if we have a few of these things, he doesn't touch on all of them, but he touches on a few. So let's start going through them. Let's think about it. So at the beginning, I am the Lord your God who brought you out of Egypt, out of the house of slavery. You shall have no other gods before me. Bam, got it. Next one: You shall not create for you. it's kind of a long way. You not create for yourself an engraved image in the form of anything in heaven above, or on the earth, or in the seas under the earth. You shall not worship them or bow down to them, for as I, the Lord your God, am a jealous God, punishing the iniquity for the third and fourth generation. Okay, so he's got that one, number number two. And then number three, you shall, yeah, you shall not, what's that one? Remember? About name? Shall not take the Lord's name in vain. We shall not put God's stamp on our agenda. I Think that's one of the big hearts of that. If we have something, we don't put our stamp. We don't put God's stamp on our agenda. We shall not take the Lord's name in vain. Uh, number four, it's kind of a reminder. Depending on if, you know, we're in the Seventh Day Adventist building, so maybe they it's Sunday for us. Uh, you shall remember the Sabbath. In six days the Lord made everything, and on the seventh day He rested. So you should rest. You and your wife and your male servant and your female servant and the foreigner and your ox and your donkey and your chickens, whatever else you got laying around, they all got to rest because in six days the Lord made it all. In the seventh, he rested and he made it holy for us to rest also. Uh, And then, next one, honor your father and mother. Yeah, honor your father and mother so it will go well with you for a long time in the land. And then, now we start getting to like the, the nice punchy ones. You shall not. You shall not commit murder. Yeah, don't murder. You shall not murder. We don't have time to get into the distinction between like murder and killing. But you shall not murder. Next one. You shall not. You shall not have googly eyes. You shall not. Sorry, maybe not googly. Googling, ogling, ogling. You shall not <laughs> commit adultery. Yes. Yeah, that's what I was, not googly eyes. I I love googly eyes, ogling eyes. Uh, Yeah, you shall not commit adultery. Um, And then, what's next? You shall not steal. You shall not steal. And then, we got our law one. I know we got a few folks in the law business. You shall not bear false witness. And then, finally, I've heard it a couple times already, you shall not You shall not covet, you shall not covet your neighbor's 401k, you shall not covet his house, you shall not covet his wife or his lifestyle, you shall not covet his body, you shall not covet any body form, you shall not covet a particular lifestyle, you shall not covet bank accounts, you shall not covet all the stuff you don't have that you really want. So we got those and those are, a few of those are going to kind of come up as we go through today, all right. All of those things are the law. And then we have the prophets that come along after. So that's like, if you want to check that out, I think that's Deuteronomy 20. You can check out those Ten Commandments. But then we have the law that comes along and they say to the people, you guys are doing so good at following the law. We just want to encourage you to keep doing that. Right? No, not a chance. The people are doing terrible. They do awful at following the law. That's like the whole heart of the prophets pretty much. The people, they have this law. Not only can they not follow it, they can't follow the heart of it. There's just, it's totally a failure. We are these, we're like these people. We are the people who have said our hearts have turned to stone. And God is not in the business of just saying, I'm going to paint your stone heart into a heart that looks more flesh-like. Because it's still non-functional. God is in the business of excising our hearts of stone and giving us a heart of flesh that now pumps and breathes the power of the Holy Spirit that allows us to work and change and be his ambassadors and his people in this world. Um, We're also like the bones that in the valley that uh, Ezekiel sees. We're the dry bones who say our strength is gone, our hope is cut off. But Christ comes along and we see these foreshadows and like these visions, like God saying, son of man, prophesy to the breath, prophesy and say to the breath, come from the four winds, O breath, and breathe on these slain. And Ezekiel just sees the vision of the breath coming in. Christ went to prepare a place for us and brought the Holy Spirit to us so we can experience that now in our lives. And so we have all of this build up with what is the law and the prophets, because that's coming into the great sermon, which we can all stand for like one verse, and then I'll let you sit back down, okay? So go ahead and stand up. Seeing the crowd, he went up onto the mountain, and when he sat down, he opened his mouth, his disciples came to him, and he opened his mouth and taught them, saying, go ahead and be seated. He says a lot. Um, So seeing the crowd, he went up onto the mountain, and when he sat down, his disciples came to him. And he opened his mouth and taught them, saying, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. And let me just preface this real quick. If you're looking at your Bible, just go ahead. It's in Matthew 5. It's right there. It's waiting for you. Study it. I've been enjoying it for quite some time now. Don't look at it right now. It's going to distract you. Just right here. connect. Let's connect, okay? We'll have a, we'll have a great moment together. Because it's like NIV, ELT, uh, ESV. There's a number of versions that make up the version that I am telling you right now. Okay, So seeing the crowd, he went up onto the mountain. And when he sat down, he opened his mouth and taught them, saying, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. Blessed are the meek. For they shall inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. For they shall be filled. Blessed are the merciful. For they shall receive mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart. For they shall see God. Blessed are the peacemakers. For they shall be called sons of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted for the sake of righteousness. For theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you. When others revile you and persecute you and utter all kinds of evil against you. Rejoice and be glad for your reward is great in heaven. For in the same way they persecuted the prophets who were before you. You are the salt of the earth. But if salt has lost its taste, how can it be made salty again? It is not good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled under people's feet. You are the light of the world. A city on a hill cannot be hidden, neither do men light a lamp and put it under a bowl, but on a stand. And it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others, that they may see your good deeds, your good works, and give glory to your Father who is in heaven. Now let's bring in the law and the prophets now. Do not think that I have come to abolish the law and the prophets. I have not come to abolish them, but to fulfill them. For truly I say to you, not an iota, not a dot, will pass from the law until everything is accomplished. Therefore, whoever relaxes one of the least of these commandments and teaches others to do the same will be called least in the kingdom of heaven. But whoever does them and teaches them will be called great in the kingdom of heaven. For truly I say to you, unless your righteousness exceeds that of the scribes and Pharisees, you will never enter the kingdom very high bar that was just set. Very high bar. And the nice thing, so like in college, I was a pole vaulter. This bar just got over 14 feet, okay? That was like, could not get over 14 feet. Whatever your max is, Christ just set the bar above it, okay? And we need to be keeping in mind now as we go through And Christ preaches this powerful sermon, the goal is not to live up to it and get over that new bar. The goal is to recognize that we are bones, that we are dry, and that it is going to take the power of the Holy Spirit for us to do this. Because it's not just restriction and it's not just abiding by the law, it's transformation that only happens by the power of the Holy Spirit, which he is at work and doing, which sometimes we just have to remember we got to look back five, ten years to see what's happened because we don't see it in the moment. You have heard that it was said to those of old, you shall not murder. But I, s- oh, you, you have heard that it was said to those of old, you shall not murder. And if anyone murders, he shall be subject to judgment. But I say to you that if anyone is angry with his brother, he is subject to judgment. If anyone insults his brother, he is liable to the council. And if anyone says, you fool, he is in danger of the fires of hell. Therefore, if you are offering your gift at the altar and there remember that your brother has something against you, leave your gift at the altar and go. First be reconciled to your brother and then come and offer your gift. Settle matters quickly with your accuser while you are still on your way with him to court. Otherwise, your accuser will hand you over to the judge and the judge to the guard, and you'll be put in prison. And truly, I say to you, you will never get out until you have paid the last penny. And that is because when you are offering your gift at the altar, I think it's Micah has reminded us that our sins are engraved on our hearts with a pen of iron with a point of diamond. It is engraved on our hearts and on the altar. There is no escaping it. It is there before us. It is only Christ and his work that is going to allow us that freedom. You have heard that it was said to those of old, you have heard that it was said, you shall not commit adultery. But I say to you that if anyone looks at a woman with lustful intent, he's already committed adultery with her in his heart. Therefore, if your right eye causes you to sin, tear it out, throw it away. It's better for you to lose one of your members. Than for your whole body to be thrown into hell. And if your right hand causes you to sin, cut it off and throw it away. It is better for you to lose one of your members than for your whole body to be thrown into hell. And I will be selling hooks and eye patches after church. Man, that that's a powerful word right there. If you take it to heart, I don't know what it is in your life that is, you know, the eye, the hand for you. Um, there are certain things you can do though, and Christ is saying. Do what you must, at all costs. Your righteousness, your purity—the way God sees you—is so much more than you see yourself. Cut out the things that you need to do to be more holy. And I—I I am still a I feel like a lustful lecher at heart, and continually being refined. Um, but there are certain things that we can do. Like for—I remember my junior year, I only watched Jimmy Stewart movies of high school. It's like Jimmy Stewart, pretty. So whatever you got to do, you know, maybe you should just, we should just cut out movies or something. But find what you need to do in order to be holy, righteous before almighty God. You have heard that it was said, if anyone divorces his wife, let him give her a certificate of divorce. But I say to you that if anyone divorces his wife except on the grounds of sexual immorality, he makes her commit adultery. And if anyone marries a divorced woman, he commits adultery with her. And this one is fascinating to me because all you have to do is not get divorced. But that's not the heart of it. The heart of this is thinking it's, marriage is impossible apart from the transforming power of the Holy Spirit. Not just staying together, but a marriage that is holy and godly and that the world sees and says, this is how Christ loved the church. That is something that is equally as impossible as having control of our eyes, as having control of our anger, the things that God has to do in our hearts. So all of us, were a lot of young married people. Remember, this is something that is equally impossible apart from the work of the Holy Spirit. You have heard that it was said to those of old, you shall not swear falsely, but shall perform to the Lord what you have sworn. But I say to you, don't take an oath at all, either by heaven, for it is God's throne, or by the earth, for it is his footstool, or by Jerusalem, for it is the city of the great king. And do not take an oath by your head, for you cannot make one hair white or black. But let what you say simply be yes and no. Anything more than this comes from evil. Because why do we swear? So that we could have something that people know is greater than us that we have to hold to. Because we know that we are easily bent. That we are not people of our word. And so when Christ says let your yes be yes and your no be no, he's asking us to do something impossible. Because the Holy Spirit inside of you, the rock of ages, becoming something solid within you can make you a man or a woman of your word so that your yes means something, and your no means something, and so you no longer would need to swear by something else for people to believe you. Uh, You have heard that it was said in uh, an eye, you have heard that it was said an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth, but I say to you, do not resist the one who is evil. If anyone slaps you on the right cheek, turn to him the other also. If anyone would sue you and take your tunic, let him have your cloak as well. If anyone forces you to go one mile, go with him two. Give to the one who begs from you and do not refuse the one who would borrow from you. You have heard that it was said, you shall love your neighbor, you shall love your brother, love your neighbor, and hate your enemy. But I say to you, you shall love your enemy and pray for those who persecute you, so that you may be sons of your father who is in heaven, because he causes his son to rise on the evil And the good and sends his reign on the just and the unjust. For if you love only those who love you, what reward do you have? Do not even the Gentiles do the same? That's us. We're the Gentiles in case you're not aware of that. So we're the Gentiles. Do not even the Gentiles do the same? And if you greet only your brothers, what more do you do than others? Do not even the tax collectors do the same? But you, but us, therefore, must be perfect as your heavenly father is perfect. That's the end of the first third. We're not gonna get into chapter six. But each one of those things, as you go through, as you think about them and reflect on them, they should hopefully cut us to the core as a church because we see we do not reach that bar. We didn't reach the bar of the law and we certainly did not reach the heart of the law Because we need the power of the Holy Spirit. But what the Holy Spirit does, which is so cool, is he doesn't abandon us to guilt. He heals us in the process. Like we looked at, if you were here last time, he moves us through the heart of the Beatitudes. So as you go through the Beatitudes, if you think about them, blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of God. Or the uh, blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Step one is that when we recognize that we are hurt and we are broken, we become poor in spirit. Blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. We begin to mourn that we could not and never will add up apart from the power of God. Blessed are the meek. We become humble naturally. We don't have to pretend to be humble when we recognize how far we how short we are of what god has called us to and then what do we start to do we start to long for something better blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness for they shall be filled it's a cool promise it's not just your favorite beatitude It's a cool sequence of events. And blessed are the merciful, for they shall be shown mercy. We are shown mercy in the act of seeing the truth of Christ's revelation of who we actually are and as he changes us. And as that happens, we become able to pass on that mercy to others. And that mercy allows us to become pure in heart and see God. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. And then what can we do? We can become useful servants who are able to spread God's peace. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called sons of God. And does the world accept that peace with open arms? Christ said, the world hated me. A servant is not greater than his master. It's also not going to love you. So, blessed are those who are persecuted for the sake of righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. And that's where we are. The Sermon on the Mount takes us through, and as we go through that, we become salt, more salty. We become a greater shining light that is shining on the hill. We don't cover our own light because we're ashamed of who we are, but even our weakness, we can boast that Christ is changing that and making us more vibrant and radiant. So, closing two thoughts for us. As a church, I would encourage you, if you're not with a group of people studying God's word and really enjoying and savoring going through, find a small group to jump into. There's a number. I know. I think there's a couple in the morning and there's a number of them in the evening. If there's not one that fits your schedule, start that one. And there's probably other people in your boat too. So we want to be a people that are studying God's word together and growing together. And I would encourage you to meditate and reflect on it because it's very powerful when we do that. Um, the second thing, uh, was something important that I can't remember, but get in small groups, that's also great too, um, yes, that was the other one, thank you Chandler, Chandler was there this morning, yeah, and, yeah, invite people to your home, that was the other big one, so, one thing we can do as a church Uh, In order to love our community well, I feel like small groups, love. we love each other well. We become friends. Like, one of the cool things about being Vespers is it doesn't matter if you like the person next to you. They're part of our church. They're part of your family. They are your people now. If you have chosen to call this your home, it no longer matters if you like anyone here. We're all going to be changed together, and we're all going to meet Christ at some point in the air together, and... This is a time where we can refine each other as a body together. So I would encourage you, invite people into your home so that not only are we strengthening each other, but you can just be having people come over and be a part of your life. Uh, Your friends, your coworkers. I think that's one of the single coolest things that we can do. And even people here. Be friends outside of the church. I think that's really cool. My wife and I didn't really know hardly anyone when we came here. Um, And we just love all of you because you've loved us really well. And so I'd encourage you, continue to love each other really well. Um, So let me just close in a prayer here, and then we can finish up, I think, with a song with our rad music folks. And um, we'll continue. Lord, I just thank you for your great sermon. Lord, I thank you for your, your word. And I thank you how you didn't abandon us to essentially always being the failures that we are, but you are changing us. You are breathing life into us. Lord, you are allowing us to be people who are radiant and shine your light to a world that needs you, that we could encourage each other and live a life that is full, um, that loves you as we discover more of your love for us. We just thank you and we look forward to this time of eating pizza together. Eat pizza together after this is over and we pray all this in Jesus' name, amen.